You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Um, we are uh, we're going to talk for the next few Sundays about Advent, uh, and uh, in particular, talk a little bit about the longings in our heart that seem to sort of surface uh, during special times of the year, like holidays and those sorts of things. And so um, we chose, I chose this particular passage of Scripture because I think that this speaks to um, the, the meaning of Christmas. Um, it speaks to uh, our, our ability to understand what God has done. Um, there are a number of things that we long for in life, you know. Um, and maybe your list will be different than mine. Uh, mine may be longer than yours. Yours shorter than someone else's. Who knows? But, but there's definitely things that in our heart that we long for, that we, we don't yet have, and yet we maybe feel like that we should, that, there's, that we're sort of wired for them. We're made for them, and yet we don't have them. And one of those things that I think that we are wired for that yet is very difficult for us is relationship. Uh, we long for good relationship, don't we? How many of you hate Christmas just because the relationships are so messed up that it's difficult to go and to, to be together and hang out and, and have fun and enjoy it all because it's, it's sort of, there's dis-ease or dysfunction in the midst of, of the family. And yet you know that it shouldn't be that way. As a family, we should love each other and prefer one another and bless each other and enjoy one another. And sometimes it, it isn't that way. And, and how many of you sit in church and you know that there's a tension between you and somebody in the body of Christ? Maybe not in-house, but somewhere in the larger context of the body. There's a, there's a tension that's going on at some particular time. And you, you go to church and you sit and you, you hear the message, you sing the songs of worship, you prepare your heart to pray, and, and, and immediately you think of this person and this kind of, this kind of dis-ease that you know is there. And it's like, man, I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I didn't feel this way about that person. It's nothing evil. It's nothing horrible. But it's just, there's this, this, this sense of it's not like what it should be. It's not like what it could be. Or why do I feel this way about this person? And why, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to experience this. And so, so in, in relationships, we feel some of these kinds of things from time to time. And how many times have we honestly felt as though God was so far away and just wondered if, do I really, am I saved? You know, d- is he there? Do I have relationship with him? And, and I, I heard no, no less than three people this past week speak into this particular struggle that they were having, that there are times, seasons and places and the circumstances of life that, that have made me feel as though I am disconnected from God, or even that maybe God is in some way unhappy with me or displeased with me. And so there's this dis-ease of the relationship with God. And so I, I want to talk to you this morning about the longing for relationship, just a, a, a few minutes. And I want to talk to you about that in the context of Christmas um, and, and, and maybe how to look at Christmas and how to understand some of the meaning of Christmas. And 
if my voice leaves, I will just whisper to you, and it'll be a gentle whisper, okay? Uh, we'll do the best that, that we can. I haven't had a voice for days until late yesterday it came to me, and, uh, and I, I can feel it going uh, again. So let's, let's, let's do, do the best that we can here, okay? Um, I want to land in this passage, the second passage that Andrew read to you uh, from First John. Um, and, and, and sort of pull a, f- a few things out of there. You know, you can go to a text about Christmas. You can go to the Luke passage, and, and you can get all the details and the storyline and, and all of those kinds of things. And I love that. I love at some point during Advent to, to find myself in a place where everyone sort of stops. You know, there's just this, like, this, this, this just going down, so to speak, and there's a quietness and even a sacredness in the feel of the room. And somebody reads that story. It's like it means so much to me to be able to just hear it over and over and over again during the holidays. I absolutely love it. All right? So, so we can, and we will, at some point in this Christmas season, we will here in Life Church share that story. We'll share those details, all right? Uh, but that's what it is. It describes the event that we celebrate, that we call Christmas. Jesus coming down to earth and, and the angelic host singing and the shepherds coming uh, out and, 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 and the wise men finding the babe and all of these, these things. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful things. But I think that this text that I'm sharing with you this morning, I think it, it very simply put, it, it tells us what those events mean. It gives us this, this deeper sense of what it means that Jesus came to earth. And, and, and the, the, the impact that it was Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth. And so we look at a passage like this and we, we start to read and it's like we, we look for that moment that there's a wow. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. And it, and it, and it jumps out to us. So, so I'm asking you this morning not to go and, and, and or to enter into Advent um, nostalgically. Although we do, we can't help it. You know, we, we do that. There's, there's so much feeling in Christmas whether you're, you're a Christian or not. There's just emotions and there's feelings and, and there's nostalgic things. There's things to remember and there's memories that have been created and there's traditions that have been established. And, and some of those uh, are, are, are built out of our theology and some of them are not. Some of them are just family and cultural and, and, and all kinds of experiences like that. Um, but I'm asking you not to enter into Advent just nostalgically, you know, that you're just going in with feeling. Because, folks, feelings can get you in trouble. That's why we sometimes have dis-ease within the context of relationships is because we only feel, you know, and and it messes with things sometimes. So I'm asking you to not just approach God with feelings, although that's a part of it. But I'm asking you that that you go out of a text like this and, and, and that you let me, for a few moments this morning, help you or challenge you to think, all right? To think about the implication of Jesus coming, 
not, not just this storyline and, and not just the sweet things and the babe in the manger, but who is this Jesus? And why did He come? And what does that mean for me? And, and live not out of my feelings that sometimes tell me my relationships are all messed up or I don't have them or I don't have it with Him, but understand what He has done because of who He is. And then I live out of what I know and believe, not just out of what I feel or sense. Okay? So we're asking you to, to, to keep your head on, all right? The, the heart just swells up during holiday. And I'm ready for that. Man, I'm ready. I, my heart needs to swell. <laughs> I, I want that very much. But, but I, want, I want my head to stay on. And yours as well. And so we have this sense of understanding what Christmas not only looks like, but, but what it means for us. And I want to bring you to, <coughs> excuse me, a sense of, of relationship here. And, and this, this whole angst of longing for relationship. And to tell you that that just might be natural. That might be the way it is, that we long for relationship. Because relationship is not fully manifested in the relationships you have on this earth, but it is in your relationship with God. And that is not going to be fully complete until He returns. And you are with Him. See, you've been created for relationship with God. And I believe I, I can show you this morning, hopefully in, in a few small words here, just exactly what that looks like. All right? But what I want you to understand is not only were you created for relationship with God, but sin entered this world and screwed up relationship. And it divided us from God. But God has done this amazing thing through the birth of Christ and His death and resurrection, and that is to reconcile us to God. And that is the beautiful story. That's the redemptive story. That's the, the rescue story that we talk about and promote here all the time. Is that this idea that, that God so loved the world that He gave His gift, His Son. And, and that if we believe, we will have eternal life. And so I want to I challenge us to see it that way, okay? So, so the first thing I want to I say to you about this particular passage and, and what it means to us and how it explains this story of, of Christmas that we know all so well is that salvation comes by grace alone and nothing else, okay? Salvation is given by grace. Every time I say that, it... I'm a bit more emotional today for some reason or other than I normally am. I'm not sure exactly what all of that is, but baptism is one thing. I absolutely love baptism. And, uh, and it, it evokes such emotion in, in me. Um, but, but this whole idea of processing this and working through this this week, of preparing something to, to speak to you about this morning... And, and David and I thinking that we might very much want to talk to you for, for three or four Sundays here on longings of our heart, all right? And, and, and then going into this, this aspect of relationship. It's really touched my heart. And, and when I think about salvation and salvation by grace alone, and when I really think about it, all right, I don't have to do anything for it. 
And when I think back and look back on where I was, and here's the thing, some of us have been saved so long, we forget what it was like to not be saved and need salvation and need God. You know, we get so comfortable in our salvation that we forget what an amazing thing this is that God has done. And so we need to visit that a a, a little bit, you know. And so we need to look at at Jesus that way and, and see him as he is. Because here we understand that that. He was from the beginning, and, and that, that these, the, John here is saying, I, 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 have, I have heard him with my ears, I've, I've seen him with my eyes, I, I looked upon him, and I touched him with my hand, this word of life, he calls it. He goes a little bit further, he says, the life was made manifest, and, and we've seen it, and we testify to it. We proclaim it to you. It's almost as though he is a, giving a witness, giving a testimony, almost in a court of appeals or something, to say here, I'm telling you, this is God. This is God, his son, Jesus. And he says, he says we proclaim to you. He doesn't say Jesus. He says the eternal life. Jesus is the eternal life. All right? Jesus is salvation and and we proclaim this just as john proclaimed this not only in in first john but those passages that andrew read to you in the initially also speak of this all right and this this jesus who was before in heaven came to earth and took on human form and died for your sins and was resurrected from the dead by the power of God. And so now you have this ability to receive this grace, this salvation, if you will, which is our faith. Now here's, here's the difference between our faith, between Christianity and, and others. Other religions have a sage or a leader, someone who, who comes along and they get this sort of revelation if you will and then they bring it and they expound on it and they say okay here's what you do you do this and you do this and you do this or you act this way behave this way get this go there whatever and 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 then you will uh encounter god in some form you know but christianity jesus is eternal life It's, it's not it's not something you have to do and hope that you find because you do enough. But it is, Jesus is eternal life. And, so, and this is what makes Christianity different, alright? You don't have this person who's saying, do this and do this. You have this man, this son of God, this Jesus, who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I was in heaven before. And I believe that, honestly, I mean, the Bible says that God is love, and and that love was present in heaven before. So we have love pre-existent to creation, and then we have love in creating. Jesus is in that, according to John. And then we have love redeeming. Love bringing us back. Love calling to us. And so this, this longing that is in us is deeper than just for relationship. This longing is really for wholeness. 
this longing is saying, I need something that I cannot attain on my own. I need something that is beyond me. And we measure our ability based on how well we do with earthly relationships, which oftentimes are not so great. And then the enemy comes along and tells us that we won't, we won't make it because we can't keep a good relationship going or we can't, we can't stay in relationship with other people or other people are bad or, or, or we're not good enough or all kinds of crazy things. And when all the time Jesus has already said, I am the way. I am this truth. I am this life. So Jesus Christ, um, according to Christmas, is God come to save us. God come to do what we cannot do. Come to do for us what we need and cannot accomplish ourselves. That is what Christmas is. It is this Jesus who has come this way. To know Jesus is to know eternal life. Jesus is the life. You know, people say sometimes, you know, um, I, I'm not much for doctrine. I'm not much for dogma. That really doesn't matter to me. What what. Well, all that really matters is, is if you just live a pretty good life. You know, if, you just, if you just live pretty good, you'll be all right. It'll be okay. You'll be cool. Well, in essence, that is doctrine. That's your, that, is your, that is the doctrine that you have bought into if that is what you believe. If you just believe that you live a good enough life on some level or on some existence, then, then that is your doctrine. It's not truth, but it is your doctrine because that doctrine is saying, I'm not so bad that I need a Savior. And as a matter of fact, if I work this system right, I can get around that issue and just have been good enough. And, 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 and historically, this is a doctrine of works. That's all it is. That's what it boils down to is that, that I just need to find what I need to do. So, so when, when you say that you don't care about doctrine and you don't care about dogma, what you're saying is, is that, that God really doesn't matter in this thing. All I have to do is, is just live a good life. Um, well, if you do that, here's what's going to happen. Your life is going to be characterized in some way or other. As, as you move along. And, and it's going to be one of several ways. And one of them is that your life is characterized by fear and by insecurity and by uh, an anxious spirit because you're never going to measure up. You're always trying to do that one good thing, that one better thing. And you're trying to up your own self a little bit. So you keep upping the ante, hoping that it's going to be enough. But you're never, ever really sure. And you're always looking around and making comparisons, which is a problem with our relationships because there's going to be somebody doing it a little bit better than us and there's someone doing it a little bit worse than us. And, and when we look at that person on the right, we're going to feel uh, uh, worse about ourselves. And when we look at that person on the left, we're going to feel better about ourselves. But we're never going to feel right. We're never going to feel whole. We're never going to feel complete because we're still trying to save ourselves. And this Jesus who was from the foundation of the world came into the world in order that we might be saved. He could do what we could not do. Or, or maybe your life is going to be characterized by pride 
and, and disdain of other people because you're going to see yourself as having been good enough all along and not needing this salvation. And so your own pride destroys you. Or you, you may be just one who is totally devastated a lot of the time because you're constantly realizing that you just haven't been good enough. <laughs> you know, I just, I, it, I'm, I'm never quite there. I'm never quite good enough. And my sin struggles are, are constant. John says, we saw him. We heard him. We touched him. Um, Bob Yarborough, he's a, he's a scientist, writer. Um, he's a theo- kind of a theologian. Um, he says that uh, when John speaks here in this passage, this isn't just sort of like conversation. It's like John has a, a distinct purpose here. A, 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 there, there's, there's an intent in John's message to convince. To say, you need to understand, Jesus is real. We've seen him. We've heard him. We've touched him. He's real. The Son of God has come down out of heaven and is real and is, is functioning in this human form. All right? Christ, Christmas, all of this is true. We have eyewitness accounts, if you will. All right? This is not just some nice story. This is not just some legend that someone has created here. But this is truth. This is our doctrine. This is Jesus Christ, a part of the Trinity, the Son of God. All right? And He has come down out of heaven in order that you and I might be saved. And that salvation is through Him and Him alone. And there is nothing you can do to make that salvation happen. You need this, Jesus. You need Christmas to make you whole. Otherwise, you're always in winter and never Christmas. It's a place, but it's a horrible place without this Jesus. The second thing that I want to say to you this morning is that Christmas, Advent means that that you can have fellowship. You can have relationship. It's yours. it's, it's, It's given to you. It's your gift, if you will. God has gone the farthest lengths to have fellowship with you. All right, verse 2 says, The life was made manifest. Come down, manifest, all right. And, and we have seen it, and we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us on the earth. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Man, that's a message right there. 
That's an amazing, amazing message of Christmas right there. Jesus came. God sent his son, but Jesus came. Jesus says, I laid down my life. No one took it from me. I laid it down. He came with the intent of making a way for you to enjoy the Father and relationship with Him. And so this is, this is your gift from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Not only that you have fellowship with Him, but that we have fellowship with each other. It may not be always the best, and there may be at times dis-ease within the family of God, but let me tell you something. It's the best that you can afford on this side of the return of Christ. And we're all working in this, and we're travailing together to try to relate to one another in godliness and righteousness as the body of Christ. But you have this relationship with God. It is yours, all right? And, and, and that's what the incarnation is all about. It's all about fellowship. God wants to come near to you, all right? He, 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 he's not wanting to be distant. And so he became human. He took on human form in the form of his son, Jesus, on this earth in order to be with you, to have relationship with you. And I believe to show you his glory. You look at the celestial sun. Well, don't because it will mess with your eyes, uh, possibly ruin them. There have been a number of eclipses and what they call blood moons and all these kinds of things going on uh, in, in this past year and some into the, the new year, I understand, and, and all kinds of comets and things going by close and, and such. So there's been a lot on, you know, in the news about outer space and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember there was an eclipse here when I was here in the building uh, back in the, in the summer. And, uh, and they were warning, don't look at this eclipse. It was the, during the, 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 the daylight hours. They say, don't look at the sun uh, with the naked eye. It could absolutely burn your retinas out. You know, so it's sort of a dangerous thing to gaze on. The, and, but I went outside. I was like, well, I want to just see what's going on. I'm not going to look at the sun, but I, I want to see what's going on. And at the time, we had a neighbor across in the other house, um, and uh, he was standing outside. And he goes, he, he says, hey. And I said, hi. He goes, he goes you, you're going to look at the sun? Don't look at it with your eyes. You know? And I go, no, I, I already heard. I'm, I'm, I'm going to behave myself. And uh, he said, come here. <laughs> I just don't like strangers looking at me, sort of yelling and going, come here. <laughs> this is not my thing, all right? You know, but, but he's my neighbor. And so I, I toddled over across the street. And he said, Here. And he, like, he was holding them behind his hand, but he had these strange binoculars that have these red lenses. And he says, look through these. You look right at the sun. And I go, are you, are you serious? I mean, can I really? <laughs> and he goes, yep, you can do it. He goes, these, these work. He said, you can look at it. You can watch the, the, the thing happening. He said, go ahead, do it. And, and so I said, okay, I trust you. And, and I held them up. But there was this filter you will okay this filter and when i held it up to the sun it's like all the kind of the the glow and and the light just kind of like it it left and there's this just this fiery ball this outline of the sun and i'm seeing this eclipse as it's happening as it's moving 
across the sun. And I said, that's amazing. And he goes, yeah, you just need that filter. That's the way you can see. You can't see it if you just look on it and it'll destroy you. You may not be able to look on the presence of Almighty God and survive. But he has given you a filter. Come to earth. Human like you, like me. Something we can see. John says, I saw him. I heard him. I touched him. The Son of God. What he's saying is, in a way, I've touched God. In a way, God has made a way for me to touch Him. To experience Him. That's, that's what I mean when I say God has gone to the ultimate extreme. To be able to get close to you. And so this filter, this Jesus has come to earth. So that you might know Him. And through Him you see the glory of God. Through Him you experience this glory and this power of God. Jesus is the lens through which we see God's glory. You sing that Christmas song, the herald angels sing. How does that go? Velded. That's the word that's used, isn't it? Velded. Yet we see. I, you and I, we would, like Moses, we would be destroyed if we saw the full revelation and disclosure of the presence of God. But He has made a way. He has put this filter out, if you will. The, the world began with Jesus. He was from the beginning. He was before our understanding of beginning. And He has now dwelt among us. And the Bible says we have beheld His How? Through Christ and through Christ in us. Get this. There's somebody out there that's velded. There's a veil over their eyes and their ability to see God. But you have been given the light of the world, this Jesus. And you may be that very means, that very filter, if you will, by which someone else will see God through your life. As you live it on this earth. So in Christ we can come near to God. God in human form. Alright. And, 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 and the, the practical point here is, is that God went to this infinite length to, to get close to, to you. And so you need to go to the same kinds of lengths to get close to Him. And that's the challenge part of this message is that you do what is necessary to draw close to God. And we're sitting here today knowing that we are not as close as we can be. And for some of us, there are things that are separating us today as Christians even from the presence of God and from this closeness of God. And so I would ask you today <coughs> to, to look at your life and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. Examine your life, all right, so that you do what is necessary so that you are able to get 
closer, all right? Whatever that stuff is going on in your life, whatever's keeping you distant from God, whatever sin issues are, are in the way, or whatever uh, relational issues are, are in the way, or whatever. Maybe there's doubt, or, or this fear we talked about, or unbelief, or something that's going on. What is keeping you from God and you being close? Because He has done everything He can do to get close to you. He has done all, and He, this, this, this wonderful filter is amazing, this Jesus. And so I want to challenge you that you would indeed do what is necessary in your own life through this Advent. And as we look at some of the other longings and issues, maybe that will help you along the way. But even today, how can you begin to get close to God, to spend more time with Him? And, and ultimately, one of the questions you will need to ask is, how is my prayer life? How is that life that... that engages me with God? How is that? What is happening that is drawing me closer to God rather than moving me uh, uh, away from God? Christians are complete in Christ. It's Christmas that makes us whole. We are complete in, in Christ. Now there are, there are a number of secular views. Oh, we've got to stop. Um, There are a lot of people who would tell you that, that there is no, no God. Um, that that all, all, even this, this love that we say matters, this, this feeling in, in us that, that we say matters, that that's, this, that's nothing. Um, there's, there's a lot of scientists who have, have said a, a lot of things about, about how that even our emotions and everything that we, we think and all of that, um, they, they break it down, really, and say it in a very concise way. It's just, uh, let's see here, it's just nerve cells uh, and associated molecules. So that's what you are. That's all you are. You're, that, that's the scientific explanation. You're just nerve cells and associated molecules. So when you think love matters and, and love is important and love makes a difference and, 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 and I need that that, uh, that they're going to say to you, well, that's just a chemical response. You say, well, how, did, how do we all have that? And what they would say to you is, well, your ancestors had that. Some of them, some of them didn't. But the ones who had that, uh, they were the survivors and, and, and the others died out. And so it's created all of us. And now we here all have this sort of like emotion going on, this thing we're calling love. But it still comes back down to it's just nerve cells and associated molecules and it's nothing like that. Matter of fact, I remember 1961, um, I've heard uh, Tim Keller talk about this too. He knows where he was. I know know where I was. There's a couple of times when, when the Russians orbited the earth. And I I like space, by the way. Uh, But when the Russians orbited the earth, um, and that was in 1961. I know where I was. And uh, when man landed on the moon, I still have a vivid color picture, an image of where I was standing in a hotel room as a little boy uh, in, in, in the Sw- on the Swanee River of, of central Florida. Uh, and I, I, I still remember the, the, the little hotel, that we, motel. It was a motel, a little motel, cheap little place uh, down in the swamps. And, and I, I remember it vividly and, and, and watching man landed on the moon. I remember that very well. But this Russian cosmonaut went around the, the, the world. And, and you, you may have remember this, some of you, uh, but he made, uh, our, um, Nikita Khrushchev was, was in power at that time. And he made this announcement after this cosmonaut landed back on earth. And he said, it is official, Russia is an atheist 
state. And here is the reason. We have sent a man into space, and he did not find God. So there is no God. And so we are an atheist state. I, re- I still remember that. Now, C.S. Lewis was alive at the same time as this was going on and wrote a little response uh, to, to this whole thing, this, this sort of uh, declaration or this, this, this call or whatever here. And um, he, he said, uh, you know, you, you can't look at God the same way or, or relate to God the same way you would relate to someone who lives on the second floor if you live on the first floor. So, so if you're living on the first floor, you can't go up the second floor and expect to relate to, to God up there. That's, that's not the way it works at all, okay? So you can't, you can't do that. Um, and and uh, the, the key here uh, for us is, is that we, uh, we understand that God wants to relate to us, but it's not us just going up a level and trying to find Him. God, God relates to us differently than that. God would relate to us more like, um, like Shakespeare relates to Hamlet. All right? Shakespeare created Hamlet. Okay? And, and, and the only way that Hamlet would, would be able to know anything about Shakespeare is if Shakespeare wrote something about himself into the play. If he brought it in. See? And, and so, so Hamlet won't find out anything about Shakespeare by going up into the rafters of the stage and looking around up there and seeing what's up there. He's not going to find Shakespeare up there. He's only going to find Shakespeare if Shakespeare reveals himself in the plot and in, in the, the play. Um, Dorothy Alsayer is a... Is a a writer. She writes mysteries. Uh, and one of her most famous main characters is uh, Lord Peter Wimsley. Now, uh, Dorothy is, is one of the first women who graduated from Oxford U- University. And she wrote these, these mystery novels and, and used Lord Peter uh, as the one who solved many of the cases. Now, in, in the, the, the series of, of writings, he was a single man for many many years and and he was solving these mysteries and then in in the series of mysteries um she suddenly allows a woman to appear and it's interesting because the woman who appears her name i think is harriet vane and um and you find that this woman is also one of the first women who graduates from oxford um and she is a mystery writer and she helps uh, Lord Peter Wimsley to um, solve some of the mysteries. And then she falls in love with him and they marry. And there are people who have written about her writing and have said that she looked at her creation at some point and saw this man that she had created and that she fell in love with him. And she felt that he needed someone he needed her. And so she wrote herself into the series of mysteries so that she could take care of him. In essence, some say save him. Isn't that a sweet story? 
Well, I got one sweeter. God looked down on his creation and realized that we did need to be saved. No doubt about it. And he wrote himself into the storyline. This Jesus who was before and now still is God has come down in order that we might be saved. That is the gospel, folks. Pure and simple. Jesus so loved the world that he gave. He has done everything for you to have relationship with him. He has written this story so that you may have eternal life. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you for enduring my voice. Thank you for listening to my heart today. Let us start this Advent with understanding that this great God has sent His Son who is real. He has been heard and seen and touched. And He Himself died, was crucified, but resurrected that we might have eternal life. And this same God will come again. He will send His Son and there will be a day when a new heaven and a new earth will be established. And the kingdom will come. And there won't be any more tears and sorrow and sadness and sickness and death and diseased relationships and all those kinds of things. But this is not that day. And so what I'm telling you today, that your hope is not in just today, but it is in, it is in, in this God of this day who will establish his kingdom who is coming again and so our longing is legit we long for this relationship to be fully established in us but until it is we have this jesus and his salvation by grace and the power of his spirit to guide us through this life and so this christmas don't live out of your feelings alone live out of the truth this truth that Jesus is the Son of God and He has come to save men and women. Can I pray for you?